It was a dark night in mid-October in Dallas, Texas. Three amazingly beautiful, hilarious siblings Tashay, Sage, and Storm walk into a bar. From behind the light of a single candle, as the drinks begin to flow, so do the stories. And as per usual, they turn dark very quickly. <laughs> Hi, welcome back to another episode of Three Siblings Walk Into a Bar. I'm Storm, the youngest sibling. I'm Deshay, the oldest sibling. And I'm Sage, the middle sibling. <laughs> I literally was thinking, before we started, I always like say to my head, like, hey, so I don't mess it up. And I was like, mm-hmm. I'm Storm, the oldest. I mean, no, no, you're the youngest. <laughs> you're right. Oh my gosh. I mean, if you want to be the oldest, you can. <laughs> oh Lord, I'm like, I can't, y'all. I don't know where our order got messed up or why we started. It, like, when we first started doing this, the, the logic was there. But now we just don't know what's going on anymore. No. Uh-uh. I have no idea. Uh-uh. Oh, well. Mm. I wonder if people are, like, sitting there and they'd be like, nope, they did it wrong. Nope. Wrong order. You guys <laughs> yep. are wrong. Like, y'all are Probably. stupid. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, well, we, we were again? just talking. Oh, yeah, we man. were just talking about uh, last so week's episode. On? My mentor texted me and was like, I like y'all's, uh, y'all's new um, guest star. And apparently you can hear my cat throughout the entire episode. So I'm sorry, mm-hmm. but <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Hopefully he won't do it this time. That's okay. Everybody likes cats. That's true. If you're true. not a cat person, see your way out. Exactly. There's the door. <laughs> I like them. They're my favorite. But I can't have them, but I like them. Oh, yeah. My husband would die. Literally, right. I get onto him because every time he walks into my house, he's like, "Where's the cat?" And then loves all over her, and yes. then starts like itching and like, and I'm like, "Get mm-hmm. away! What? Stop! Get away from the uh-huh. cat!" Yeah, it's so funny that people and- with allergies to cats love cats the most. Oh my gosh! Yes. Yeah, <laughs> he does. He loves them. Well, I think it's just because it's one of those like you don't really get the chance to like love them, you know? Yeah. And so. Mm-hmm. When you finally do, and it's just a hot ass mess. And then it would right. get really bad because the cat that I have sheds pretty bad. And mm. when I used to watch Deegan, he would come in like sweaty from work, and then he would go pet her, and then the cat hair mm-hmm. would like cling to him. And then yep. it would get like so bad. And I'm like, what are you? Stop touching the damn cat. <laughs> just walk away. I know she's cute, but leave her alone. Get like the spray water bottle and start. No. So I don't feel 110% today. Mm-hmm. And I feel like my face looks like it because it looks very red. I'm going to try to. If I sound like I'm falling asleep, it's just because I don't feel good. But I'm really <laughs> excited about this story. I watched a TV show on Discovery Plus. Okay. okay. I will give you two my login if you don't have Discovery Plus because you need to watch it. I'm about to yeah. like literally play by play it for you because it's really the only information I can find on it. Mm-hmm. But it's called Alien Abduction Travis Walton Story. Do you Ooh. know the story? No. That name At least I don't know the name. Yeah. You might know it once I start talking about it. It's a really famous story. Um, but it's so good. This the um the story was like the it's not a movie. What is it? What is it? What is my episode? Documentary, <clears throat> maybe. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, so good. They did a really good job. <clears throat> um. I know this isn't really something we've done before. And I told Richard and I was like, I was like, oh, I got to go get, finish my notes. I got to go finish watching my show to finish my <laughs> notes. And he was like, he was like, what are you doing? And I was like, I was like, oh, I'm doing an alien story. And he was like, that's not paranormal. And I was like, well, it's kind of paranormal. It's like paranormal adjacent. Yeah. <laughs> and he, was like, yeah. he was like, but that's also not true crime. And I was like, well, once you hear this story, it is very true crime. So. Yeah, I, it could be. You don't know yeah. it's not true, sir. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, <clears throat> but it's really good. 
do for real go watch the episode. It's got everybody in it, like all the people that were involved, and it they're all interviewed and stuff. It's really cool. Hmm. Okay, I'm nervous. So I don't know how long this is going to be. Hopefully it's not like five minutes, but we also know that I like to go into extreme detail about stuff that doesn't matter. So maybe I can. We can also talk about aliens for a long time. So I think you'll be oh, right. I love aliens. <laughs> you'll be all right. They're like my favorite. I love uh-huh. them. And they scare the shit out of me. Like I'm so scared. Yep. Like there are things that I, like I know, I feel like paranormal stuff only happens to people that like, invite that into their life and like yeah are very like and i'm very like nope no yeah no like i will do anything out of my power to like block that away from me Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. but i feel like aliens are kind of the same thing you know like Mm -hmm. when you're like out going out of your way to like find them and research them so i usually get a little like i'll watch this movie that i know is fake about stuff but yeah. anyway they scare the crap out of me and terrified of them. so let's learn about them yes all right so travis um walton was 22 years old and in 1975 he joined a seven-man logging crew in snowflake arizona so there was a group of seven men and they had a contract to clear out a very large area of woods in Arizona. So that Mm -hmm. was, they had a certain amount of time. They had to get all this cleared out. So they were out there all day, every day, almost cutting down trees, cutting the trees down so they could dispose of them. So they were out there a lot in the middle of nowhere. Yeah. Mike was the boss. So he was the chief is what they called him. Mm-hmm. Travis Walton was dating Mike's sister. So that's how they knew each other. John, who was also part of this crew, is Travis's. I was a little confused by this. It said it was Travis's brother, but I think it was his brother-in-law. Because when you hear the mm-hmm. rest of the story, like he's got another brother that really was like part. I don't know. doesn't matter. Okay. And then there's Dwayne and Alan who were friends of John's and then Kenny and Steve, and they were just kind of like employees. They're just going to work. We're part mm-hmm. of the These are a lot of very generic white boy names and I'm having trouble following at the moment, but continue. <laughs> so you don't really need to. There's not very, I mean, just remember Travis, he's going to be your main okay. um, focal point. Okay. Um, so on November 5th, 1975, the logging crew so, you know, they worked from sunup to sundown. So the sun started yeah. going down. So they started packing up to get ready to go. After they got all packed up and were leaving, it was pretty dark outside. It was nighttime. Mm-hmm. Uh, Mike, who's the head guy, he was driving the truck, which everybody was inside back um, to get home. They were driving and they saw this light coming in through the trees. And they thought... One of them thought it was a moon. They were like, oh, it's just the moon. But then he turned Hmm. and looked through the other window and the moon was on the other side. So it wasn't the moon. Mm -hmm. And then somebody thought that maybe somebody had like a fire going. And so they were just seeing the fire through. Mm -hmm. Um, Somebody thought they were those like big lights, you know, that like construction people have. Yeah. So that you can see somebody. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Somebody thought Mm -hmm. it was those. Um, But you turn around the corner so you could see where the light was and there was a craft hovering over like in the trees hovering over the ground Mm-mm. and it was glowing and they said it was completely still and quiet like it was just <laughs> hovering which always scares me because it's not like it was like spinning to keep itself hovering it's not right. loud like that's always my biggest thing i'm like you know how loud Mm-hmm. airplanes are yeah. yeah and then this thing that's in the sky and it's <clears throat> completely quiet yeah no Ugh, so scary. Mm-mm. Mm-mm. out of all the things that could scare me that's pretty terrifying <laughs> oh yeah exactly <laughs> <laughs> so mike was coming to a stop and before he even stopped the car travis was out of the truck and he started walking to the ufo mm-hmm. what are you doing i don't do that. Country boys. <laughs> yeah. 
so while he's walking up, he stops at like right before he gets close enough to it and everything starts shaking. Like Mike's saying that he can feel the steering wheel of his truck like vibrating. Ooh. And at that point, all of them are like yelling at him. And they're like, get back in the truck. Come on, hurry up, get in the truck. And he's just standing there. And they're yeah. like, come, Travis, let's go. Quit being an idiot. <laughs> like, you, you got your look. Let's go. Yeah. You saw it. Now go. <laughs> <laughs> We're done now. Yeah. <laughs> We're ready to bounce, y'all. Like, let's go. <laughs> Um, so all of a sudden after, um, after the shaking, it's, or when it started shaking, it had this low humming noise that started coming out of it. And then all of a sudden this blue light shot out and hit Travis in the chest. And one of the guys said that you could see, like he flew back a good 10, 15 feet once this thing hit him in the chest and he bounced off the ground. (gasps) No. And when that happened, Mike took off. He was like, nope, oh. we're out of here. <laughs> what a good friend. <laughs> like, bye. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. You're I'm on your own, dude, you. later. If you're going to be the dum-dum that gets out of the truck, you're going to be the dum-dum that gets left in my book. Like, <laughs> right. Bye. You're right. You're right. Like, I'm not getting shot with uh, that blue light. <laughs> exactly. Oh, my God. <laughs> All right. So they drove... Mike said it had to been less than a mile, maybe about a quarter mile. He drove and then he stopped. And then they all get out of the car and they're all arguing. And Mike's like, no, we have to go back. Like Mike and Travis were like best friends. Mm -hmm. And he was like, we have to go back. We have to get him. We we left him there. Like we got to go. And then a few of the other ones were like, what the hell are you talking about? No, like Mm -hmm. we're going to keep going. And so while they, while they are arguing, they see this bright light and then you see the thing just go loop. Like they said, it was the quickest thing they've ever seen, but you, it just mm. flew away. It was gone. Mm. So they all got a little less afraid and they were like, okay, we got to go back. We got to go drive back and find Travis. We got to help him. Mm. They said it was really slowly that they drove back because they're all afraid, but they mm-hmm. was a slow drive back. Yeah. And they got to the clearing and they said they walked completely around the clearing. They went through the bushes thinking maybe he like crawled to hide in a bush and mm. there's no sign of him anywhere. Like he's gone. They can't find him. <gasps> oh no. Um, so eventually they left and they said driving back into town was probably the most emotional. Uh, yeah. Drive. Mm-hmm. Ever, my gosh, your friend was gone. Somebody Mm -hmm. they've spent all these months working with, day to night, is and the guilt they must feel too. Yeah, Mm -hmm. that's what Mike said. He was like, "I felt so guilty that I left him," but I'm like, "You just saw this dude get zapped with a laser or a light or something. Your fire flight's gonna instantly kick in. Mm -hmm. Like, instinct flight. Mm -hmm. Like you were like, let's get the hell out of here." Right. Um, so they got back into town. There was a phone, you know, like a pay phone, right? As they got back into town. Mm-hmm. So they called the sheriff's department. Chuck Ellison is who showed up. He was a deputy on duty. Um, when he got there and he was talking to them, he said he purposely got really close to each of them individually just to smell them to see if maybe they smelled like alcohol or marijuana. Yeah. Or- <clears throat> And he said none, they didn't smell of anything. Um, he decided to talk to them each individually just to kind of try to figure out what was going on. And mm-hmm. when they told him that Travis had gotten abducted by aliens, he called the sheriff. And he was like, oh, we need to have the sheriff here. Yeah. <laughs> Let me have you speak to my manager. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's what needs to happen. Yeah. And it was safe to say, like, they didn't believe him. So the sheriff yeah. and a bunch of other deputies showed up because, you know, this is now a missing person. Like, somebody's yeah. gone. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So the sheriff and a few other deputies showed up, and none of them believed him. Like, they were like, okay. Mm-hmm. Sure. Mm-hmm. So the sheriff told 
Mike and two other officers that they were going to go back to where this abduction quote unquote happened. Mm -hmm. And he told the other guys, you go back into town and make sure you don't leave. You stay in town. Don't leave. Mm -hmm. Which I'm like, I get right. right. Like this dude is (laughs) gone. Obviously something happened. So they're just treating but it as a missing the... person at this point, right? Yeah. yeah. So they get back to the clearing and they're looking around and Ellison and Gillespie, the two officers, were like, we were specifically looking for burn marks, maybe there or like skid marks from some mm-hmm. sort of airplane or craft or something mm-hmm. have landed there. Yeah. Um, they were looking for footprints, anything there's nothing absolutely nothing in that clearing there's no they can't find footprints they can't find burn marks they can't find a skid mark they can't find broken trees like nothing nothing's wrong with this area like it just looks normal oh Mm, man this is terrifying the next day (laughs) yeah (laughs) it really is terrified the poop out of me like oh my god okay Okay, so November 6th, so the day after he was misting. Misting. Mm-hmm. <laughs> okay, so the next morning they did a search of the woods. So there's about 150 people that showed up and dogs, everything. Everybody came out trying to find Travis. Mm-hmm. Um. When they had talked to Travis's mom, she seemed really upset, and she just kept saying, they got him, they got him. Oh, my God. I'm like, what? That's weird. That is weird. Like, Does like, she, she know something? Yeah. Yeah. That's odd. Huh. And um, this was all over local news. It's like yeah. all the newspapers had this information, all the, like, small-town news it was all over that aliens had abducted somebody in our backyard. Mm-hmm. Which is already a problem. Yes. It's a problem. Mm-hmm. So law enforcement still does not believe that he was abducted by aliens. Right. They think something right. happened. Yeah. They think maybe that they killed <laughs> him or some accident happened that caused his death while working or something mm-hmm. and travis's family specifically travis's brother thought that it wasn't some sort of accident happened yeah and he died and now they're just trying to hide it they're covering it up okay yeah so the big search party was they were broken up into several groups and each group would have a deputy with it and then the crew mm. kind of broke up between each group too. Mm-hmm. And um, the police officers would tell them, they were like, if you would just tell us where his body was, we could all go home. Like they do not Damn, believe dude. that he's missing. Like they think yeah. that these people know where he is. They think, they think he, mm-hmm. okay. That makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, logically it, that makes sense, but. <laughs> I mean, yes, yeah. exactly. Yeah. And that at that point, that's when they all realized that they're being looked at for murder. Mm-hmm. Because I'm assuming that the police officers were probably like, oh, they were abducted, you know, like playing along. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then at that point, they're like, oh, wait, no, they don't think that he was actually abducted. They think that we killed him. <laughs> Which oh is it funny? <laughs> I can. Uh, yeah, I'm just thinking like. Like, it's just crazy. And then the crew, so the seven person crew, so the six of them now are even concerned as to why they can't find a body. Like they're like, yeah. Okay. So if he's not here, where is he? We don't know where he's at. Um, the sheriff's department had requested a, a Geiger counter, Geiger, Geiger, So that is something that um, what's the word? It tests like the levels of radiation. Mm -hmm. 
So it's like one of those old machines, you know, that have the little metal rod and it makes that loud noise. And then the little, yep. <clears throat> little needle goes back and forth. Mm -hmm. So, um, Travis's brother was with the person that was in charge of the <clears throat> Geiger counter. Mm -hmm. And he said it terrified the crap out of him because they literally walked into a certain area where the ship was mm. and the Geiger counter just goes straight to like, Oh, wow. There's a shit ton of radiation here. Oh boy. And then he said they walked about a hundred feet and it immediately went back to normal. Like it wasn't so like, it's super slowly, like it was like radiation and then absolutely none. Uh huh. Wild. And he said that's at that point, it was like something happened. Like this mm. is not normal. Yeah. So November 7th, 75, they're still looking for Travis mm -hmm. and a large amount of media show up like all yeah. over the world. One of them yeah. even said that he thinks that they talked to somebody from Japan. Oh, all wow. Over the world, everything. Yeah. And there was a lot of government cars that showed up, but they were mm. like incognito. Like they didn't, mm -hmm. you weren't supposed to know they were government cars. Right. And the people that were helping look for Travis and in these government cars were dressed in black. Dudes. Oh my God. Men in black. They Will Smith. Men in black. Was Will Smith there? <laughs> yes. <laughs> so I didn't realize just because I grew up with those movies, I didn't realize that that's like a real thing mm. or like a, quote like a, a like real yeah thing. yeah like, they're mm -hmm. actually like men in black that show up to these like alien things to like check them out and see i'm like that right. would scare the poop out of me i feel literally. like literally more than the aliens yes <clears throat> okay so now we got all this media showing up the men in black are showing up one of the guys said that he was at his house and he decided he was going somewhere and he would start walking. And by the time he got there, the men in black would be there. And he was like, it was crazy. Like he would be like, I had no idea how they knew that I was headed there, but they would be there mm. before me. And then as I was watching the show longer, I thought, I bet they were watching all of them to see if they were going to like feed yes. Travis. Like if this was yeah. like yeah. a hoax and they were going to like give him food or water yeah. or whatever. Makes sense. Mm -hmm. Then November 8th, they started looking into Alan, who was one of the groupmates. They thought that he had possibly done something to Travis because they had gotten in a large fight beforehand and he was kind of the, the quote black sheep of the group and mm -hmm. he had had a few run-ins with the law mm -hmm. so at that point too the crew decided that they're going to try to stay away from the cops like they're really mm -hmm. cracking down as to yeah. who they think did it and <clears throat> like they even told mike I know you didn't kill him, but I know Alan did, or one of the, I forgot the other one that they named, but I know Alan or blah, 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 killed him. And I just need mm. you to tell me where and when <sighs> and what happened. Yeah. And so at that point they were like, okay, we're, we're not going to deal with the police anymore. Yeah. 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 And then, so two days after that, on the 10th, the whole crew took a polygraph test. Mike in particular was very excited about this because mm -hmm. that's going to give them the chance to show we're not lying. We yeah. did right. not murder him. Yeah. So they all took it. So I guess I didn't know how polygraph tests ran. Um, and I don't know if they're all the same way, but this is how they did theirs. So they would come in each person. It took about two hours total and they had mm -hmm. a certain amount of questions and they'd go through them each three times. So they would mm -hmm. sit down, question one, two, three, four, whatever. Okay. Now we're going to ask question one, two, three, four again. Mm -hmm. Question one, two, three, four again. Yeah. 
and then they kind of judge off of how you answered. It's like an average Whatever. kind of, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So everybody passed the polygraph test except for one, and that was Alan. Mm-hmm. And the only reason he didn't pass is his was unconclusive because mm-hmm. he sat and answered the first two questions, like the first two sets, except mm-hmm. one, and then set two. And then as, during his third set, he ripped everything off and got up and left. So mm-hmm. that was, he passed those two though, but then they had to say unconclusive because okay. he didn't finish the third. Right. So these questions were very like, where's Travis's body? Do you know where Travis's body is? Did you kill Travis? And then there was only one question. It was the very last question. And it asked, um, were aliens the reason for Travis's disappearance? They're very leading questions. Yeah. Yeah. So that at that point, they're like, hell yeah. Like, they know now. And even the mm-hmm. um, polygraph person was like, oh, yeah, I didn't believe you at all. And I knew that y'all were going to get arrested after this. But I, even now, I believe you. Like, Damn. you all passed that. Which is crazy. <clears throat> that is wild. Yeah. Um, so that same night... Travis's brother-in-law had gotten home from work. So it was Travis's brother-in-law and his sister and the phone rings and he answers the phone. And there's a person at the end of the phone that says, this is Travis. Come and get me. And he's pissed. He's like, this isn't funny. Don't, yeah. don't call me and saying this. And then finally he's like, no, 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 please don't hang up. Please don't hang up. Don't hang up this is Travis, like, come get me, please. I'm like, he kind of like described where he was Mm -hmm. and he was a few towns over. I think it was called Heber. I couldn't really understand. They had very strong accents. (laughs) I'm like shaking right now. This is making me emotional. What is, this is wild. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. So they figure out where he's at. Then his, um, the brother-in-law goes to Travis's mother's house and his brother Don is there. And so they both go to where Travis described and he was sitting inside of a payphone, you know, like the old, yeah, you, know, you can sit in the little things. So they had, they said they had to pick him up and put him in the truck. <gasps> and, um, they kept trying to ask him questions and he was like, the more they kept asking me, the more confused I would get. Cause I didn't remember. Mm-hmm. And he said that by the time he had hung up the phone, he was like, I must've passed out because it was almost instantly that they were pulling me out of the payphone, And yeah. then he, it was like almost an hour away. Plus he had stopped at his mom's house mm-hmm. yeah. to get the brother. So like, yeah. it's crazy. But in an old interview, so this was a quote, he said, I found myself laying on the roadway and I saw a craft hovering there, just sat there for a second. That's the last I seen it. And then he had to get up and he said he, he felt like he was walking for about an hour before he found the payphone and called his sister's house. Wow. Oh my God. And um, he said the hardest part of everything was trying to comprehend that he had been gone for an entire week. He had been gone for five days. And he was like, I thought it was the same night. I didn't realize that I had been gone that long. Yeah. And then um, it's crazy. I hate it. Oh my God. See? So sad. Trauma. Yeah. Yes. Okay, so his brother calls APRO, which is Aerial Phenomena Research Organization. So these people go and, like, research, like, alien abductions and stuff just to see, like... What it could possibly be. Uh Right, what you... Mm -hmm. So his brother calls them because he wants 
Travis protected from the media and law enforcement? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So he calls them. The medical um, doctors agreed to do an examination. They left in the middle of the night to a hotel in Phoenix, and they checked in under a different name. So keep in mind, this is all the APRO that told them, like, this Mm -hmm. is what you need to do. You're going to show up here. You're going to sign in in this name. Cool. They specifically wanted to do it this way because they didn't want anyone to know he was back. They didn't want anybody trying to, like, spy on them or like get this leaked before they could do like a full examination and get his story and all of that fun stuff. I mean like the whole world was trying to cover it already. Yes, so exactly. The, mm-hmm. Everyone's looking for him. Yeah. Not so fans. Okay, so in this hotel room is where the doctors came and um we're gonna do their examination. This is what he told the doctors happened after he got out of the truck. So right before Mike stopped and he's already out of the truck walking. Mm -hmm. He said he started walking towards it and he started walking towards it because he thought that it was going to drive away before he got close to it. Like he was Mm -hmm. like, I just wanted to see it. He's like, Mm -hmm. and he said that he had a drop, like some sort of like weird want, like he needed to go Mm -hmm. look at it. Yeah. And I'm like, well, that's oh scary. I don't Terrible. like that. <laughs> no, I hate this. <laughs> um, he heard that humming noise. And he said it was like a loud hum or like a high frequency. And it, it would get higher. Mm-hmm. And he said at that point, it scared him. So he kind of bent down trying to like hide from it. Mm-hmm. And then finally he got... To the point where he was like, okay, I'm going to stand up. I'm going to run back to the truck. And right when he stood up is when that blue light hit him. Hmm. And then the next thing that he remembers is waking up on the side of the road. Walking to the payphone. Gosh. So. I can only imagine. We hate that. Yeah. So they took blood and urine samples and they were trying to look to see if he had any drugs in his system mm-hmm. um, and there was none. He had no drugs in his system, which I don't know how long, like if you do drugs, how long it takes to get out of your system. It depends, depends on, on what it is. Like, would a week suffice? You know, uh, I feel like you would still be able to test for it. It, it depends. Like hallucinogens it, are more likely to stay in for longer. So Yes. Okay. Well, that's probably what they were probably yeah. mostly interested in. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <clears throat> so the operator who had taken the phone call. So, so this is 75. So when you pick up the phone, you call, you get an operator and they literally mm-hmm. take out your little thing and patch you through to whoever it is that you wanted to talk to. Mm-hmm. So yeah. They can literally listen to your phone calls. Yeah. I don't know if y'all were aware of that, but. That sucks mm-hmm. for the like old Southern ladies who were sharing all the drama. You know what I mean? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> um, so she recognized the name and listened and realized that this was big news. Oh God. So she goes and tells the police station what happened. Jeez. So this whole time he's been home, the police don't know. They had no idea. Nobody called and told them Travis. That's probably home. a good idea. <laughs> right. And um, so the sheriff was, I don't know if he's passed away, but the person that was doing the interview in this documentary was his daughter. And she said she remembered him being so upset because it was an active missing persons case. Mm. And they were actively out searching for him. And he was home and no one told them. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So he was like, this looks very fishy. Valid. <laughs> like, this is mm-hmm. not okay. Mm-hmm. Which again, I get. 
Right. But his brother was like, but when we got him in the truck, he was so emotionally unstable. There was no way he was going to be able to get like deal with questioning. No. And especially with the media. Right. But the media goes nuts again because they find out Travis is alive and home. Mm -hmm. And so Mm -hmm. it just goes through the roof. And it was actually really cool because the documentary shows like old news uh, articles, news articles and Mm -hmm. like news articles. And you'll see the guys looking way seventies and they're like, remember that story that we told you last week where that man was taken by (laughs) aliens? Well, he's home. Like it was just crazy. It was so cool looking. I was like, this is real. That's what people were watching. Mm -hmm. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. So even though all this is going on, he's still in his hotel room and no one knows where he's at. They know Mm -hmm. he's alive and then he's home, but they don't know where. Yeah. He agreed to do regressive hypnosis. Mm-hmm. So mm. I don't know if you guys know, I forgot, I think it was Betty. It'll come back at the end, but there was another really famous abduction story of this couple, and they did regressive hypnosis, and they had had it recorded, and it was terrifying and i'm sad that you guys have no idea what i'm talking about right now because it really is scary like there was there's like clips of them like because they're hypnotized so they're like asleep and they're like screaming and they're like we have to get out of here and they're like running like it's so scary so i need to watch this This so they know that this is gonna like make him remember what happened and Mm -hmm. yes so on November 14th, four days after he had returned, he meets with Dr. James Harder, and he's the one that's going to do the hypnosis. His brother and Dana were there. So Dana is Mike's sister. That's the girl that he had been dating. Yeah. She was there and his brother were there. Okay, so he gets it. This is what happened. I'm going to look at my thing because I don't want to lose my spot because there's a lot. (laughs) So he wakes up. He's laying on his back and he thinks he's in a hospital. And there's a light above him. And he said the light wasn't so bright that he couldn't see. But, you know, when you have like, it was dark in there. So, you know, like you have a light. And so it's like hard to like kind of Mm -hmm. make out everything around you. He could tell that he was in a small space and that there was something laying on his chest, some sort of machine or something laying on his chest. Um, he, he was trying to look around and he saw a few faces and everything was kind of blurry. And at first he thought it was doctors wearing surgical masks. And mm-hmm. then whenever they came closer and he could really see them. He realized that it was an alien face. He said they were about five feet tall, no hair, white skin, small features besides large eyes. Ugh. Okay. I hate it. So also, I don't know. Again, I know that y'all, I don't know if you do care about aliens as much as I do, but there's different kinds of aliens and the Mm -hmm. ones that he's describing are the gray ones. That's what they call them. Yeah. And they're the most common, common quote alien that people Mm -hmm. have seen or described or whatever. Mm -hmm. So at this point he freaks out and he tries to jump off the table. The thing that was sitting on his chest falls to the floor. He gets up, he finds, he said some sort of raw rod, And he's like swinging it, like trying to fight them off. Mm -hmm. And he's looking around and he realizes the only door to leave is behind the aliens. Mm -hmm. So he's like, what the hell am I going to do? He's trying to fight. He's standing there. They're staring at him. And all of a sudden they all just leave the room. Oh my God. 
And he's like, I'm not going to sit here and wait for them to come back and leaves the room. Mm -hmm. And he's looking around, trying to find some way out. He said the whole craft was dimly lit. Like it was kind of dark in there. Mm. And he described it as having little air. So he said it was like hard to breathe. It was hard to like catch his breath. Like he was having to breathe heavy. Mm -hmm. Mm. He said it was really humid and really thin. So when he said thin, I was, I'm assuming he meant the air, like breathing. Like mountain air. Mm-hmm. Mm. Um, so he finds another door and he opens it and there's one chair sitting there and there's no one in the room. So he said he started walking towards the chair and there was lights that you could see like that were almost like hovering like little lights. And then he said once mm. he got where he was sitting in the chair, then you could actually see the like it was a map of stars but you could only tell what it was when you were sitting in the chair. If you were anywhere away from it, it just looked like little lights. I'm wow. like, that is actually really fucking cool. Yeah. I know is. that's wow. scary, but that's actually really cool. That is really cool. Yeah. Um, so he sits in the chair and he's trying to like figure out what's going on. He, see, this is why I said I wasn't going to look away from my thing. Cause there's a lot. And I'm like, alien. <laughs> On the, like, armchair, there was a pad that had almost, like, buttons on it that were lighting up. And he thought, okay, because he could see that there were doors all over this little room. So Mm -hmm. he thought that if he pressed the buttons, that one of them would open the doors. Yeah. So he sat there, he's pressing the buttons. Nothing's working. So he's like, okay, well, I need to go try to find somewhere else i need to figure out how to get out of here so he gets up and he turns around and he's like oh shit there's someone standing here and he's like oh my god it's a human he's got a mask on he's like hell yeah he thought it was air force nasa like somebody Mm -hmm. coming to get him and he's like yelling at the guy and he's like where are we how did you get in here how do we get out of here and the guy Mm -hmm. will not say anything won't talk to him, won't look at him, isn't making any sort of like emotion or anything and just standing there. Mm-hmm. So the guy takes him by the arm and starts walking him down a hallway. Um, he said there were a few other doors, but they stopped at one certain door, but he didn't open it. Like it just opened on its own. And he said that that was weird, obviously. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because he himself was having to physically open these doors. And this guy just Mm -hmm. stood next to it and it opened. So they start going down this little hallway. And he realizes that the air is colder. And he can breathe better. And the light was really bright. Like it was outside. Mm. So this guy was taking him out of the spaceship. That's what this little hallway was doing. He's taking him out. Um, and these are called Nordic aliens. So he was taken down this little hallway. He gets to this little room and there's a lot of other human looking people standing there Mm. and they don't have masks on. And he said, again, he's trying to ask questions. They're not talking back to him. They kind of look like they're almost confused. Mm -hmm. and they so nordic aliens are all human-like and they said they're very scandinavian like they almost look like they could be from like switzerland Mm -hmm. very light white skin yeah blondish brownish hair Mm -hmm. so he realizes after he kind of like okay i'm in this room with these people that are not talking to me and he realizes there's an examination table in the middle of them they were all kind of standing around it and they tr- are trying to get him on the table. And he said he was fighting with all his might. But they easily just got him on it. Mm-hmm. Like it was not a fight for them at all. They just set him on there. Nope. <clears throat> they put a mask on his face. Um, he said it was kind of one of those like oxygen masks. Those like big ones that go around your face. Mm-hmm. 
and he blacked out and woke up on the road. Holy shit. So what the hell happened to this dude? Who fucking knows what they did to him. And that's the scariest part. Cause it's like, did they put a tracker in you? Are they going to track you now? Are they going to come back and test you again? You know, like they do with rats. Like they give you medicine and then they come back, you know, like, Mm -hmm. okay. So after all the testing, he ends up going back to Snowflake, Arizona, and everyone said that he was just different. Like, he was very on edge all the time. He seemed scared yeah. all the time. Yeah. And um, Dana was like, she because she was the one that watched the hypnosis, and she was like, I just cried. She was like, mm-hmm. I felt so bad. I felt like I needed to help him, and there was nothing I could do. And it, she was like, I'd never seen him scared before. And he was mm. just terrified. Yeah. Oh, my God. Ooh. All right. So now for a third time, the media goes fucking crazy mm. because now he's home. Like he's actually yeah. home and mm-hmm. they can see him and he's alive. Right. He wanted to try to calm everything down. He thought like, okay, if I go on a couple interviews, then they'll leave me alone. Cause they were literally like hundreds of them were surrounding his house, his mom's house, everything. Yeah. Like they were just there and annoying. Yeah. And everybody in Snowflake were not happy about all these media people being there, which yep. again, I get, mm-hmm. I mean, a little teeny tiny town and now all these people are showing up and it's not just media. It's all the alien people that want to go and yes. see where the guy was abducted. Yeah. And you know, mm-hmm. so it's just, crazy and they are not happy about it so a lot of them are still like no this is a big con a big joke and now my town is going to shit because of what you did and a couple of the crew members ended up moving somewhere that nobody knew their name or whatever because Mm. they you know Dana and Travis ended up getting married two years after he came home and she was saying even then like she couldn't go to the store without people kind of, you know, like side-eyeing her, like giving her looks and all these rumors about them. Like they were all on drugs and, yeah. you know. Mm-hmm. Anything to justify it. Like, yeah. Exactly. So here's a lot of reasons why people thought this was a scam. The logging contract they had it was a very large area yeah. and they had done about 80% of it and they weren't going to get paid if they didn't finish it. And that mm. contract, I mean, maybe had a month left, maybe. Mm-hmm. And just so happened that Mike gets a phone call getting threatened. And that same day, Travis goes missing. Mm. And the contract, the only way that it could be like changed or if they'll allow more time or anything, it had an active God clause in it. So huge, gigantic snowstorm happens, tornado, fires, something, active, okay. something that's not your fault. An something they God. can't control. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. So people are like, Oh, well, they're like, oh, this is, you know, this is how they're going to get out of this because Mm -hmm. Travis is missing. Yeah. So now they don't have to finish their work or if their work doesn't Mm -hmm. get finished. That's why. Right. And Travis and Mike had, had tried before these like get rich quick kind of scenarios. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And um, you know, 75 was like the height of alien whatever. And, right. you know, he, yeah. him and his brother and his mom had always talked about aliens and were always interested in aliens. Mm-hmm. So they were like, okay, they just thought of a plan that were like alien. Cause you know, they enjoyed aliens. So they were like, well, yeah. this is how we can make money because right. 
I'm going to get abducted by aliens. And they, the police officers had even said like the mom, you could tell was a little worried, but nothing that a mother should be. And it was because she told them that a few like weeks before Travis got abducted, that he told her, if I ever get abducted by aliens, don't worry. Cause I'll come home in a few days. God damn it, Travis. So, <sighs> you know, who knows? Yeah, you're right. Who knows? So, you know, all of that, but there, here's everything that contradicts that. Even though Travis was, was missing, there was no way. It wasn't an act of God. He wasn't right. going to finish a contract. Yeah. And mm-hmm. so he still didn't get paid the full amount. He got paid for like 80% of the work or whatever it was. Mm-hmm. And then they mm-hmm. ended up having other people come in and finish it. So really it threw back on Mike that this happened because they weren't yeah. able to finish. Mm. And, you know, he, there was nowhere for him to hide. Like it, it gets freezing cold in Arizona at night. Mm-hmm. If, if he was out there in a jeans and a t-shirt, he wouldn't have survived for five days. There's Mm -hmm. just no Mm -hmm. way. Right. And, um, they said that his physical condition. So this was, this was weird. (laughs) He was dehydrated and he had lost 10 pounds and his blood work. So we should all know how ketones work. Mm. So when you're not getting, you're not eating specifically your body starts like eating off of its fat and stuff. And mm-hmm. that's what makes you into ketosis and ketones. So you can find them in your blood. Well, he mm-hmm. had none, no ketones in his blood. So if he hadn't eaten for five days, mm-hmm. he would have had plenty. Mm-hmm. So they were like, they must have known some kind of way to nourish him to oh, keep yeah. this from happening. Right. Mm-hmm. And um, there was a lot, like in a, a high level of UFO sightings before this, like a week or so before this happened. And one in particular, the woman had said there was a low rumbling sound when it started trying to move. And so yeah. she ran away. Yeah. It's like, okay, well then maybe it's the same shit because that's what Travis heard. Yeah. And then on February 7th, 1976, Travis and Dawn both took a lie detector test and they both passed. And uh, now he's just living his life, married to Dana still, they still live together. And uh, yeah. And it was really I sad because this. there was one part, and I hate when they do these in movies, and I get it's for the or documentaries, and I get it's for like the drama, but they had Travis and Dana sitting at their kitchen table, and they're like flipping through like their, you know, their kids' baby books and stuff, mm-hmm. and they're like making him ask her questions, where mm-hmm. he's like, he was like, did you think that you know Mike and the other guys had murdered me and they were trying to hide it was there any part during when i was missing that you thought that she's like no i didn't like keep in mind mike's her brother like of course she's gonna think that my brother killed somebody (laughs) and um and he she was like no i didn't and he was like were you worried i wasn't coming home and then she just starts bawling and she was (laughs) like i was so afraid i lost you blah blah and i'm like why the hell like that's why i like can't stand when like horrible things happen like fucking news people going to ask parents after a school was shot up like yes how did this make you feel like really fucking right. shitty why are you sitting here asking like oh anyway yeah. it just irritates the shit out of me and i felt so bad for her because now this is gonna be on tv like watching her cry and be mm-hmm. upset like that and like and you know they just loved it they were like fuck yeah we got her crying i'm gonna put that exactly. in the documentary yeah. Anyway, I'm going to get off my soapbox, but still, I'm <laughs> so annoyed about it. No, I completely, I'm, I'm with you. Uh, anyway, but it was really sad, and 
but I was like totally scared. But he said nothing. Like he's never seen another one since. They haven't like come back for him or anything. So. Yeah. Wow. Can you imagine something fucking like life changing happening to you and no one believes you? No one. It would make you feel insane. Mm-hmm. Oh my god! Like, I can. And then you almost start to believe that what they're telling you or accusing yes. you of is right. Yes. Yeah. You try and make mm-hmm. it logical. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Wow. It's crazy. Good job. Thank you. I don't understand. It was a lot longer than I thought it was going to be. <laughs> I don't understand why I can listen to true crime all day and I'm like, oh yeah, fine. But this shit is like, it's. It's really in my head right now. Because it's the unknown, really. Yes. And it's yeah. like, yeah. It, it is a little hard to wrap your mind around. So it's like, yeah. what the fuck? Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's wow. just like the ocean. Like the ocean is fucking terrifying. Oh, don't even get me started. <laughs> I <laughs> have gotten sucked into the freaking North Sea TikToks. <gasps> Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. so scary and I literally yeah. like Richard watch Richard look and she's yes. like can you stop and I'm like you and I was like me watching these is like Richard watching like airplane crashes yes yeah <laughs> same. So exactly like, yeah and I'm like look it's so scary yeah and they keep like finding uh, all these animals and shit under like they yes. still keep finding stuff mm-hmm. they found an ocean mm-hmm. under the ocean like mm-hmm. literally anything could be done go swimming that's why yes. they go to the beach. Yeah, that's their beach. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh uh, my god. I know it's so scary. I don't. Good job. Don't get me started about the ocean. I will. React. Oh no. We should do like a Bermuda Triangle story or something. <sighs> I love those two. Again, it's just because they're so creepy. Yes. Yeah, and it's we, terrifying. We're watching. Um, speaking of stuff, you probably shouldn't watch. Um, because Richard's gonna be out of town, and so. I'll be home by myself. Well, not by myself. I mean, I don't have my kids here, but mm. uh, anyway, we were watching like scariest things caught on like ring cameras and I, we always watching nope. them and I was like, turn it off. Turn it yeah. off. Yeah. Hard pass. Nope. Not. Doing no. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I was like, I can't watch this. <laughs> there's a, uh, the American horror stories, like the individual episodes, there's one about a ring doorbell and it's nope. intense. It's wild. Mm. Yeah. Ugh, I can't. I can't watch yeah, it. No. <laughs> no. I don't even have a ring doorbell, but I know that everybody that I know does, so we're just not going to do that. <laughs> yeah. Mm-mm. Not mm-hmm. happening. Oh, I got them all over. So. Oh, yeah. Y'all yeah. just froze for, like, the 20th time. Uh-oh. You just froze. <laughs> you just froze. Really what happened is you froze. <laughs> <laughs> what? That's what actually happened here. <laughs> you, you said y'all just froze, and then Sage was like, actually, you froze. <laughs> you Literally, froze right like, as you told us that we were freezing. <laughs> it's, it's happened every couple of minutes. Like, oh God. So the video is going to be probably not great, platform. but. This is this is not okay. We do. This is absolutely ridiculous. If anybody has any recommendations of where we can record our podcast, please let us know. <laughs> you yeah, just obviously froze. this is not where it's at. Watch everybody because exactly. I'm not saying it because I'm not giving them anything. But like, watch everybody be like, "Oh, this one." We're like, "That's the yeah. one we use." <laughs> That's the one we use. Yeah. <sighs> Damn. That was really good. All and right. Now well, I'm maybe we should end it here before about aliens. Thanks. Yeah. Oh yeah. And let me know. <laughs> and then all of our tic tacs are gonna be about aliens. Yep. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. yeah. So I'm starting to get the ocean ones recently. <sighs> terrifying. But yeah. So scary. All right. Well, uh Storm, where can they find uh the rest of us? The rest of us. The rest of us. <laughs> the aliens where can they find <laughs> us <laughs> if they don't would <laughs> my life. please I need you to tell me where the aliens are, Storm, because I know you know. <laughs> really I'm friends and I'm, I'm, yeah, I'm playing exactly. it off as I'm scared just because I right. don't want you to come find me to ask exactly me. Yeah. <laughs> where can they find um, us if they would like to hear more of us <laughs> uh, 
<laughs> we are on Facebook, Three Siblings Walking to a Bar. We are on um, Instagram at Three Swift Podcast. Go on there, like, comment, do all the things. We really enjoy it. Also, um, please rate and review. It's really, really helpful for us. Mm-hmm. And you can go watch us on the tubes, the YouTube. Yeah, so yeah. go on there and you can watch, like, comment on those as well. Mm-hmm. And yeah. All right. Well, that's what happens when three siblings walk into a bar. <laughs>